0: show going one way or another, another show, the prospect, every legend was once a prospect, regardless how you look at it, yes indeed, as everybody fill into the room, I want you guys to release the anger, release the frustration, you can come at me if you want to, we gotta get this thing going, it is what it is at this point, yes indeed, so, Oh, I forgot the number of this episode, but I got it. Uh, we're not me doing.
1: And, yeah, we're not doing Dallas Prospect Live in this case. We're just doing a recap here. So wow,
0: okay, go ahead. Let's roll, Dan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and introduce in, yourself, Dan. Man, let's get this thing going. What, what's up, guys? This is DDP from the Dallas Prospect, and uh, we got some Cowboys news to talk about. Nothing, nothing too crazy, unfortunately. But we have some thoughts after a game, a nice 24-13 butt whooping. We've got some thoughts, and here in a little bit we're gonna be joined by big game James as well. Might have Votch mm-hmm. Lombardi in the house. So lots to talk about, lots to say. Yeah. How you coping law?
0: Oh man, it's it's it's
1: it's one of those things
0: whereas I I consistently get some type of uh email or some type of inbox of somebody saying Cowboys suck, Dak Prescott suck. You know, I get all those <laughs> information edge every day. So uh hopefully, and I mean, and I mean hopefully, we can really turn this thing around and get things going in the right direction with a win this this weekend. But before we go into, into the weekend talk, we gotta talk about this uh previous game, you know. Yep. Yeah, I know you got the stats, man. Go ahead and lay it on me, man. Lay Ooh. it on me.
1: All right, so where should we start? We got Dak Prescott going 19 for 34 for 168 yards. One touchdown, two picks. Both interceptions were deflected, although the second one was behind Jarwin. But one thing that troubles me most in this case is Dak having three games now with 160 yards, 160 yards, and 168. Dude's averaging like 163 for the season. He's got two touchdowns through three games, and now he's got two picks as well. He definitely had some passes in other games that could have been intercepted. So I just kind of look at it and think, man, this offense looks broken because even even with its identity being built around the run, Zeke's carries have been 17, 15, and 16, I want to say. wow, 15 is the one I'm not dead set on. I think it was either 15 or 16 against the Giants, but 16 yesterday. Mm-hmm. And even in that regard, yeah, Zeke tore it up on the ground, 16 for 127 yards. Here's the thing, though. He also had several mental mistakes and blunders, right? You have mm. not just the fumble inside the 10 after a 30-yard run. But you had before that in the first half, you had a touchdown pass called off because he stepped out of bounds. He had no sideline awareness. And then even though he caught the ball, broke two tackles, and outraced everyone into the end zone, didn't count, didn't matter. Mm. Then later in the game, you had a situation where he's coming across the middle, Easy pass, easily gets a first down if he gets it, but he doesn't watch it all the way into his hands, drops the pass. And then I think he had one more incident late at the game where it was just basically garbage time, and they're just trying to move the ball. And he steps out of bounds again before catching the ball. So... I've been I've been high on Zeke getting involved in the passing game for a year, and I feel betrayed right now. <laughs> he said, I'm like at the hey,
0: moment he catches the ball, he's out I of know. bounds. <laughs> they
1: finally go to him, and then he's got to do me like that. I was like, "Come on, man! Come yeah. on!" Killing I mean, my credibility out here. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's, it's crazy because we we don't just like the Cowboys, guys. We love the Cowboys. And it hurt us when we lose because everybody give us a phone call. Everybody notices us uh, out there and they say, hey, when I came into the office this morning, all the coworkers were like, how about them Cowboys? You know, uh-huh. they're rubbing it in on me. And one of the guys, he is still a fan. I don't know whether or not the Steelers are winning right now. Uh, he was uh saying, they're,
1: they're whooping up on them.
0: Oh, so he said, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Cause uh, the Steelers been playing, playing poor as of lately, but now it seems like they're going to win this game. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I, I last a, I saw,
1: they were up like 20.
0: Oh, I got another guy who's going to really can't cream me tomorrow when I go into the office. And, um, it's one of those things where, even we lost, even the janitor left the note on my desk saying, "How about them cowboys?" So it gets it gets crazy, man. Uh, but but moving forward to uh, Dak Prescott's play, it's been 11 games, right? 11 games. Uh, I, I saw a, a, I guess a stat out there um, that we are ranked dead bottom in the NFL as far as quarterback efficiency and passer ratings. And it's as well as offense in the last past, what, 11 games. So can we turn yeah. this around, man? Come on, man. What we can, what we can do, man?
1: <sighs> man, is, although we can point to things like the play calling being bad, we didn't run our first RPO until seven minutes and change left in the game. That was one of the things that opened up the offense a little bit against the Giants in those first two drives the previous Sunday. We didn't break our first one out until I want to say 749 in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And Dak had two carries for 21 yards That's not good enough. But at the same time, although the coaching staff and the play calling have a share of the blame, by no means can you suggest it's not on the quarterback as well. Dak was awful again. Mm -hmm. He missed wide open guys. There were times where guys were standing there waiting for the ball. He either doesn't acknowledge them or he just keeps holding on to it. I don't know what he's doing. I think he's too much in his own head at this point where he's trying to find a way to make a bigger play. But even that narrative actually doesn't work because in his 34 pass attempts, not one of them traveled more than 15 yards through the air.
0: Not one, so, huh?
1: Not one. So what uh, What are we doing here? What, what are we doing? He has made himself into exactly what the narrative is from all the people who have doubted him from the start, which is Captain Checkdown. And man, he doesn't throw to anyone who's not at least going at the line of scrimmage. Have you noticed that this year? Like with the exception of like the Tavon Austin pass, If they're not coming back to the line of scrimmage if they've already passed it or like a check down to zeke on second and long or something like that just something terribly predictable they don't he doesn't throw it downfield and i don't know what it is i understand this week being a little bit more worried dealing with earl thomas and for good reason earl gets two picks in the game and there's just a cruel irony to that man do you remember me calling that oh wait you weren't on the show thursday when i when i did the preview no nah. I, I called that thursday shame anyone on you comments, man anyone in the comments can uh <laughs> verify that i did call that out and i even said at the time i was like i hope i didn't just jinx this
0: <laughs> what's the lot but, what's the lucky lottery numbers dan god dog, ah, ddp
1: <laughs> you know you want to know what's something else crazy too i also called a zeke Zeke Elliott's uh rushing total to the very yard as well so I I was two for two in that department I was like god except for sorry two for two in the stat prediction I was off on the score I had Dallas 19-13 so Mm. didn't quite work out on that front but either either way man I, I don't know what what's going on with the offense it's a mixture of quarterback coaching staff play calling all of that and receivers I mean the receivers they are open at times and Dak's not hitting them, but there are other times where they're just not creating much separation. And this is where you want an alpha. Whether or not Des Bryant was the Des Bryant of old, he was at least an alpha out there who if he didn't get the ball, he at least drew extra attention. I don't think they really have much of that right now.
0: Right. Um, this is the thing, and, and I hate to say this because I, I fight for Dak Prescott. Everybody
1: know. Everybody called me Dak
0: Prescott apologist. Hey, they say, hey, man, you love Dak Prescott so much. will not you guys get a room? They, they say that, you know. Yeah. Um, and when Dak said in the interview in the press conference, he said, hey, um, I just don't have a go-to guy. And I am saying, like, what? Come mm-hmm. on. Wh- didn't you just say that you want to spread the ball around and hit everybody that you can see out there and don't worry about a go-to guy? And now all of a sudden you need that go-to guy. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, man, my God. I do know that Dez Bryant is sitting back there sipping on his tea right now. And we know that it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to lose without going out without a fight. If you're going to lose, then they say, hey, at least yell out, chirp, do something out there, chirping, 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 do something, move some furniture around, let us feel the emotions. And I think Cowboys Nation, collectively, uh, even though we can say that it's a distraction and all this, or a distraction or whatever, it still identify our pain, it identify our emotions, so we can say, okay, all right, that rah-rah feeling, we feel what Dez Bryant is feeling right now, you see? But yeah. it's one of those things where it's water under the bridge. I think that the uh, temperament that Jerry Jones got out there and, and uh, Jason Garrett, I don't think they backtrack and say, okay, well, Dez, we apologize, let's bring you back in.
1: No, I think Des burned that bridge with the whole... Uh, shouting out and clapping back at guys like Sean Lee and right. some of the other veterans. I think that pretty well burned the bridge. And we'll get into the whole Sean Lee thing later because I think there's an interesting narrative worth looking at. But before we pivot off of that, here's a real stat that <clears> helps <throat> it pop for how inept the offense has been. This was the sixth time in 11 games they failed to score 14 points. How many?
0: Six times and what?
1: Six out of 11 to score just 14. Oh, wow. They are averaging thirteen a game right now. That's how bad the offense is. It's not just bad; it's abysmal. And you can look, you can look at other stats as far as the offense is concerned too. Do you know when the last time Dallas had a receiver go for a hundred yards plus a touchdown? Um, let me
0: guess: was that
1: the Kansas City game? T. Nope. Wheel? Nope, he didn't have a touchdown.
0: Uh yeah, he sure right had a goose egg all year. Yep, um, Dez Bryant maybe.
1: Des Bryant at Pittsburgh, November 13th, 2016. Since that time, yeah. 111 other occurrences of 100 yards plus a touchdown have occurred around the league. Dallas hasn't had one since then.
0: This is total pandemonium. <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. So uh, the thing that we're going to have to really figure out now down the line is um, we, I don't know what to say. Uh, this This offense going to have to figure out how they can get back on the the right page. I think that if Ezekiel Elliott didn't have his little, little hiccups, maybe we'll feel comfortable a little bit with this game. Maybe the score would have been different. I don't know if he don't fumble the ball and if if he was stayed inbound. bound. Maybe the defense can finally play with they you know pin their ears back and just go after yeah. uh, Russell Wilson. So maybe that can change a lot of things. Not trying mm-hmm. to say the the fault is on Ezekiel Elliott because we know that that a that fair share guy, of it is. Yeah, I fair share it. Is. Yeah, yeah. But we yeah, know that Dak Prescott I mean, got, got at least throw yeah. the ball down the field.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, Zeke gives up the one touchdown by stepping out in the first half and then the fumble inside the 10. Obviously, that wasn't going to be a touchdown play, but who knows what the offense could do at that point. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's got his share of blame in it as well. But you want to talk about the offense getting on the same page. Man, I don't even know if that page is in the book anymore. I think someone <laughs> tore it out and burned it because this right. offense has not been the same since Atlanta last year. If you remember the game before that, Kansas City, this was the offense clicking on all cylinders, everything working in harmony. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, there it is. That's 2016 right there. And then Zeke had to serve a suspension. The Atlanta game happened. And now even with Zeke back, even with Tyron back, it's not changing a whole lot. Like Mm -hmm. the, the line isn't as good this year so far. Both Tyron and Lyle Collins are getting whipped. The running game, isn't able to take over because even though Zeke had an average of 7.9 yards a carry yesterday mm-hmm. he still only had 16 carries he's failed to even reach 20 carries on the game Shame. or in in the in a game this season so it's it's all it's all falling apart and the play calling is then asking Dak to be a pocket passer when he has proven at every level that's not what he is he mm-hmm. can make some throws from the pocket but you got to get him in rhythm and you got to get the defense back on its heels a little bit And until they do that, you're just throwing him out there to the wolves. And that's Mm -hmm. why he's getting sacked four or five times in a game. You know, he took some big hits against Seattle as well. And I think it's affecting him. It's affecting his confidence, how secure he feels in the pocket. And I think that's part of why he's doing so many checkdowns is because he's afraid to really lift his eyes and look down the field. He's keeping everything right in front of him Mm -hmm. so he can see, Okay, when do I need to run? You know, it's like a fight or flight kind of mode.
0: Well, yeah, before we go further into what Dak Prescott needs to do and to improve, I just want to give a shout out to those who are been, uh, you know, on, in the chat box. Uh, how disrespectful of me not to acknowledge you guys. But here, here we go. I got Lazy Dallas Cowboys Production, uh, the first person to, to be in the chat box on the YouTube sides of, of the world. I have Ryan Kirk at the second place. And then I have Brian at third place. And hello, Miss Jackie. Thank you for tuning in too, as well. Who do you have over there?
1: Let's see, over here I've got, the first one I had was Teflon Breed, what's up? Stevie Mac, Gleh, what's up guys? Anthony Lusk and Torres Carson, what's good? Brett Bender, I see you, what's up? Uh, that's the, Those are the ones I see on the prospect YouTube. I'm not looking at anything Facebook right now, but I can pull that up on my phone.
0: No doubt. And uh, DeMarcus Stokes, thank you for tuning in. Kerry Teagle and Daniel, I thank all of you guys. We're live right now on the Dallas Prospect Facebook page, uh, Big Game James page, as well as uh, Law Nations and Phantom. Uh, I thank all of you guys for allowing us to uh, talk to you guys about the mighty Dallas Cowboys and what we need to improve on. Uh, Do you have your resources pulled up yet?
1: Uh, I got the Big Game James page pulled Mm -hmm. up here. I see we got uh, a... Yep, Jeffrey Chandler, what's up? Sean Hanna, James Smith, Harvey Key. Let's see here. Brandon Timmons, what's up? James Smith, G. Garcia. Jerry Estrada, man, he's got all kinds of people popping over here. What's up, guys?
0: Shout out to y'all, man. Hey, this is the thing. We can get mad at the moon, but the moon still shines, right? There's nothing we can do about it. The moon is there. We can get mad at the sun rising, but that's just what the sun does. So what we got in mind, we have Dak Prescott. For once, we can say this. uh, He's going to be the quarterback for the rest of the – or the remainder of the year. We got Coach Garrett. There's nothing that we can do about that. He is the coach. So from a fan aspect, because nothing we say today is going to change anything. These are just all our, all our opinions. The only way that you can hurt Jerry Jones is through his wallet. And I don't think that we have the power and the strength to uh, shake off Dallas Cowboys because we kind of drawn to it. We addicted to these Cowboys, silver and blue. We addicted to it, right? So this is the thing. We can only make, um, I guess, fantasy decisions on, on Dak Prescott. Um I would say this right here. The best thing that they can do for Dak Prescott is to maybe give him a college style offense. Maybe roll him That's out a succeeded more. 2016. Yeah. Right. Just, just strap the playbook. Uh I heard Jesse Holly from 105.3 the fans mentioned uh the fact that with Jason Garrett's system, they need an X. In the same system that they're running, I know it's across as a hybrid of Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan. But if you look back at both of those guys' system, they always had an X receiver, right? They always had somebody who who's physical, a dominant receiver that you can depend on with a decent running back. I think in the early years of uh, uh, Scott Lennihan, he had a, a running back named Rod or Rob Smith or something like that from Minnesota Vikings when he played for the Minnesota Vikings. Shout out to Ohio State. I think he ran for that team. Um, and then moving forward, they always had some type of running back, whether it be a Adrian Peterson or whoever he coached during that time, if he was coaching on that team or being a substitute coach. Uh,
1: I don't know if Linehan, Linehan crossover with Peterson in Minnesota. He, had, he was to Detroit by then.
0: Okay, he was the, well, then he had uh, Megatron. Calvin Johnson, Calvin, yeah. yeah. That was Johnson. that
1: was his big weapon there.
0: That was his big weapon. And then we can already know what Jason Gary got his offense from, from the 90s Cowboys. Uh, this yep. team, as much as we love uh, – <laughs> Troy Aikman and everything. Dak Prescott is not Troy Aikman. You know, no, <laughs> Troy Aikman no. was an accurate passer of the ball, first round draft pick. To be, to, that that I must add in. And Troy Aikman rallied, hold on, held onto the ball as long as Dak Prescott did. So mm-hmm. the best thing that they can do with this offense right now is is to call. Uh, what's that guy that you used to coach for uh, Mississippi State, or if he's still coaching for Mississippi State? I'm um, talking
1: about Prescott's college coach. Mullins, who
0: I think is at Florida now. He he coached uh, Tim Tebow. He coached Alex Smith. And how ironic that Dak Prescott is the same quarterback, then isn't the same wheelhouse as those guys. Uh, What's his name? Mullins. Mullins. Okay, that's his name. Okay. Or Dan Mullins, something like that. (laughs) Dan Mullins. Unless they just say, okay, Jerry Jones got the money. I do know because coaches don't. They're not on the salary cap. He can give them a call and say, hey, do you want to coach for the Cowboys offense? You know? That's yeah. the only that's the only thing we can do, or send scouts and send guys down there and say, okay, Dan, what did you do to help Dak Prescott out? What did you do to help Tim Tebow out? What did you do to help Alex Smith out? Can we can we copy those things and paste it over here with the Dallas Cowboys? Or can we just call the uh the coach that coach uh, Ezekiel Elliott from Ohio State. i forgot his name. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. See, you're you, you good with the names over here. Because I think that they have a quarterback with a similar trace of Dak Prescott, if I'm not mistaken. When Ezekiel uh, Elliott was playing up there.
1: Uh, yeah. J.T. Barrett. Right, you know. I'm just talking about the quarterback, but yeah. I mean. So here, here's yeah. my my feeling on that. I still think that you can win with Dak Prescott but here's here's where I've evolved more I don't know if it's that I've evolved more on the subject or if it's just that I feel it to a greater degree than I did before even though I was aware of it before while I think you can win with Dak Prescott I think you have to have a very well built pretty much everything in place around him system and let him complement the offense as opposed to being uh, you know, the driver. He doesn't have to be the engine, mm-hmm. but he at least has to be the driver. And right now, Captain Checkdown, you know, Dak and Dink or whatever people say. <laughs> I, I, I'm just at a point where I'm like, okay, I'm not willing to give this guy twenty million a year. I'm just not. And even if he was paying even if he got ten million and we got like what was perceived to be a great deal as far as a starting quarterback. If this is what they're gonna roll out, I don't even want that. But I, I think the th- Part of what I think could get Dak back to 2016 quality is you've got to change the system. And I don't think that the coaching staff that is in place right now can fix this. I really don't. I have no faith in this coaching staff and my faith in Dak is quite shaken. I still think that there is something that can be salvaged from him, but I don't think it'll happen with this coaching staff. And that means either during the season, we're going to have to see Jason Garrett fired or we're going to have to see someone take the, Play calling out of Lenahan's hands, and for that to happen, I don't know what it's going to take. Because Garrett is still reaffirming today to the media he has not had his faith in Lenahan shaken in the slightest, and that's just mind blowing to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Mm. And 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 I guess moving Scott Lenahan into the uh,
0: press box there supposed to help out. Supposed to be able to see things uh, clearly.
1: Boom! to the unemployment line. <laughs>
0: And then next in line, we have Kellen Moore, right? So he's supposed to be like the third assistant Kellen Moore's the –
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I'm not – yeah, but I'm not worried about Kellen Moore, honestly, because, yeah, he's the quarterback coach, but Dak was already starting to go into the tank before Kellen Moore got hired for the quarterback coach job. I look at it as or, or you talking about from play calling standpoint?
0: Yeah, I, I think how the uh, system works. Whereas, okay, I get what you, uh, The, I get the what quarterback you're coach now. is is the third. Uh, yeah, something happened. You know.
1: To, yeah, yeah. To yeah. Okay, so. I thought you were talking about um, if he was partly to blame, and I was saying like, no, I don't think he's to blame in this case. But that's not to say I think he's a great coach. I think we have no idea what he is. Yeah, he's not, been a coach for three games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the problem is you. The coach that's coaching you, I guess, to help you out is the guy that you outbeat or outperform, mm-hmm. and I think there was a clip. It was a meme out there uh, saying that this guy is really the problem, and they had Dak Prescott sitting next to Kelly Moore. So, um, I, I always go with this saying right here, and, and trust me, you can read a you can read a book and you can study a book all day on how to swim, but if you've never been in that water. And you never want if you never yeah. won a race in that in that pool. There's no yeah. way that you can really teach somebody how to swim, especially you only know the, it in theory. You know, in, yeah, in theory, and say, well, you know, when a shark comes your way, you do this and that according to this book. And 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 it's just one of those things. Whereas, I think what helps a young quarterback out is a veteran guy in your ear, it's, regardless. You know, uh, even if it is a Mark Sanchez, even if it's if it was in 2016, Tony Romo, you know, now we see how valuable Tony Romo was to this team because he can see things happen before they they occur. And he can tell them, Hey, in this cover one look back, regardless of the situation, throw the ball deep. And we didn't see that all game last uh, game, at least attempt to throw the ball deep. That was, that yeah. will open up the offense. And we just don't know that just by that, Just by uh, Tony Romo or Mark Sanchez, whoever telling Dak Prescott, because I don't know if Kelly Moore said that to him, I can't be, uh, Nostradamus over here, but just by me saying this, maybe that could have changed the complexity of this game and they'll open up this um open up the defense and you'll see better even even more runs out of Ezekiel Elliott. It it can be quite, quite possible.
1: Could be, but. Uh, they got to fix the play calling for sure. Dak had less than 50 yards passing at half and we were down 17 three. So uh, a lot of those yards he picked up, you know, of his 168, which is already a super low total. They mm-hmm. came on those last two drives, which were effectively garbage time after the second pick. So I, I don't know. Well, no, the the second pick came on the second to last drive, mm, but yeah. even still the last two drives are where the bulk of those yards came from his numbers really are are really bad but we've seen him throw for over 300 yeah. like to get to his last 300 yard game you only go back seven seven games mm. like he he did it in the latter part of last year new york at new york last year he went for over 300 yards he's capable of doing it it's just one of those things that you know in that case he got an 83 yarder off of i think rod smith uh who was just completely left open for a you know <laughs> seven yard pass and then 70, whatever yard run. So it's just something that they're going to have to figure out. And the play calling is super vanilla. I think they have no faith in Dak throwing the ball downfield. We've always heard that. Oh, he's a gamer. He doesn't do well in practice, but in games, he turns it on, man. He has not turned much of anything on since Atlanta last year, even that giants game. Yeah. He threw for 300, but it wasn't like he was slinging it all around the field he hit on a couple deep balls that inflated the numbers. And cause I think that game, he had a 50 yarder or like a 47 yarder to Des and that 83 yarder to Smith. I mentioned, right? So that that's where the bulk of that comes from, but they're going to have to figure out something because this offense, it, it looks as broken as I've ever seen it. And yeah, they, they probably could have still won yesterday had Zeke not had one of those two mistakes. So let's just say, take only one away to keep it, try and keep it a little more, neutral or realistic you know it's not pie in the sky saying like oh well if he had just stayed in bounds and spun off that guy instead of fumbling maybe he goes in you know it's not trying to do that but if you give back one of those plays where he doesn't make the mistake and then the defense prevents one of its two occurrences where it just broke on the play cave mm-hmm. on frazier you know he's great playing up around the line of scrimmage but that's one of those things i worried about was what happened when he got caught having to cover deep and he got burned on that play, that Tyler lock at 51 yarder. And that was, that was, I mean, it wasn't the only time the defense broke. They had one more later in the game for a touchdown, but that was the significant one that kind of signaled like, all right, well, if we're giving those up, we don't have much of a shot. So it was a winnable game, even with as bad as the offense was. That's why it's so frustrating because you're like, dude, you could easily easily correct this and be a three and O team right now. If the offense wasn't just completely inept.
0: Yes, indeed. So when you're talking about the Browns got a better record than us, yes, that that drive homes everything. Um, yeah, Baker. All of, yeah, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, he is nice. Lightning in the bottle, right? It's my um, dude. That's I know. I know. You've been saying that. You know, you're trying to you know figure out a way that we can move up last draft. <laughs> so if we do this, we can do that. <laughs>
1: I wasn't thinking all the way to one when it, when I heard the talk of him at one. I was like, all right, let but, me back off that notion. But then when, then, we, were around, yeah. when we were thinking he was going to go around 10, I was like, hey, if he falls to 10, right,
0: uh-huh. right, right. Wouldn't it be nice if Baker Mayfield was on his team? Not trying to throw our current yeah. quarterback under the bus, but you can only imagine, you know, the guy's nice, you know. Dude's got uh, some swag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, and then he got some swag. I, I don't think Dallas can, can can obtain a guy with that much swag. As I don't a, think
1: a, Jason can, Garrett would know what to do with a oh guy with that much. Oh my God, swag. he wouldn't know what to do. The market. How's it going, guys?
0: <laughs> I told you the next. Day, How you doing, guys? He did the exact same thing, boy. Yeah. Um. But but uh, that that was just. I, I I did hear that you made it like a, a, a I guess Baker Mayfield to the Jaguars explanation.
1: Yeah, 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 I I, I did make that video. And then like a month later, they extended Blake Bortles, which I was baffled by. But (laughs) yeah, I I thought that would have been a perfect fit. But, you know, you end up going number one. Obviously, everything's going to be off the table. Yeah. So.
0: All right. So we we understand about this offense, but we can bring this home right here. The explosive guys that I'm going to bring out, the intangibles, I guess. But, the, nah, this is something that we can really see, though. So, this is not intangible guys. I normally do my intangible moment of players that are just, like, under the radar. But this is the thing. The explosive guys that we do have on offense, because I do know that we love to be negative. But but the explosive guy that I do see is Tavon Austin. He's our best wide receiver. Five 5'8", mm-hmm. 178 pounds, give or take, right? He's yep. our best guy on the offense far as wide receiver. Then you have Ezekiel Elliott. I think that this game normally the the the, the third game of the season be his like lights out game. But mm-hmm. I guess now we can look at this game coming around the corner, fourth game, will be his like, okay. This will be his, okay. I'm gonna really show up and show out game, right? So we do know that those two guys are explosive. So if I'm Jason Garrett, if I want to keep my job here at the Cowboys Nation, you know what I mean? I will figure out a way to not keep number 10 on the bench. And I'll figure out a way to get Ezekiel Elliott involved in this game with more than 16 plus carries. What are your thoughts?
1: 16 plus carries. Yeah, he's got absolutely got to get more carries than that. I mean, again, he went 7.9 a carry in this game. The problem was the offense had been so bad up until that point. They fell behind by, what, 17 at one point. They're down, yeah. I mean, they, they fall behind, no, yeah, 17, 11 points, kept bouncing back in there. But uh, because they fell behind double-digit, they start throwing the ball more, and then the defense breaks a couple times. That makes it even further of a climb. And so they, they didn't want to run the ball as much. But mm-hmm. that said, they still always ran the ball on first down, even when they were down you know, double-digit points for the entire second half. So uh, they need to get more carries, but they also need to try and he he got, he broke a couple runs, which pushed Mm -hmm. his numbers up nicely, but he had a lot of runs of just two and three yards where he was just running into a brick wall because they knew every first down it was him right up the middle and he was going to get popped. Someone was going to meet him at the line, typically Bobby Wagner. So Mm -hmm. they, uh, I, I, they need to get the number up. Sure. Absolutely. But it's also a matter of just trying to use him in a way that's a little bit different. Obviously, they've tried to get him involved in the passing game this week and it didn't work. Maybe that is an indictment on my uh, quest for him to get involved in that. Maybe there is something where just in terms of spatial awareness of where he is on the field, he's not apparently that great. But it's still one of those things that they need to find ways to change up how they use him, even if it's just the scenarios in which they use him. Don't automatically make every first down start with a run with him up the gut because you're going to wear – I mean, you're basically wasting a down. You're going to end up in second and seven or eight or something like that, and then they're going to throw an incomplete pass or whatever. Third and long has been the bane of this offense.
0: Right, and uh, there's a, a, a stat out there as far as uh, first downs uh, when the team open up their drive. And, and running out of first down is, is one of the worst things you can do out there as far as – from the stats aspect of things, it's the worst thing you can do for your offense. The best thing is the percentage is showing that you should pass out of first down and then worried about the run on the on the back end of it. Um, but the Cow- the Cowboys' first possession, they actually line up in 13 personnel, and they ran out of that formation with three tight ends. And and everybody and their mama, uncle, cousin knew that the Cowboys were going to run the ball, and they got that one yard and that two yard that you was talking about out of first yep. downs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah, Lyle Collins had a bad day. Tyron Smith had a bad day. Um man, I, I'm still trying to figure out Lyle Collins at right tackle. I still don't mm. see it, man. I'm I'm really perplexed by that decision on their part just because it's like he looked he looked so much better when he was playing guard. Now again he was playing guard when he was in the case of where we have Connor Williams. He was surrounded by Travis and Tyron. So it protected him better. So maybe that inflated it, but I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I just see him getting beat a lot and he gave up a couple sacks yesterday. I see someone in the comments, Justin Coral saying we had a 12.82 sack rate yesterday. That was the second worst in the league this Mm. week. So here, Here's the the flip side of that, though. On the, mm-hmm. on the opposite side, Seattle came into the game giving up more sacks than anyone in the league. They had given up 12 sacks through two weeks, wow. and that was six to the Bears, six to... I can't recall who they played in week one. Was it like San Diego? Or, excuse me, the Chargers of Los Angeles? <laughs> I, I can't recall. But uh, regardless, they had given up six and six in their first two weeks. Dallas came into that game yesterday as the second... Uh, the team with the second most sacks behind the Chicago Bears. Bears had 10, Cowboys had nine entering the game. Dallas only got Russell Wilson twice, and the second time was even kind of an iffy got because mm. it was a designed run where he just got like half a yard short of the original line of scrimmage from Jalen Smith pulling him down. But the, the other one where you had Demarcus Lawrence and Sean Lee get to get to Russell and wrap him up, that was a, pretty much a house blitz. Right. So you sent the house. That's really the only effective sack they got on the day. And Seattle, I this is another thing I said, man. I said that even though Seattle had given up 12 sacks, I didn't think it was based on how those sacks occurred. I didn't think it was something that was from a technical standpoint, a huge issue for them. I felt like there were some scenario based cases that affected it and just some things that could be easily cleaned up. And it looks like they were yesterday. So that's something for Dallas, only getting two sacks, despite being the second highest and you know facing. It looked like a perfect matchup for Dallas, mm-hmm. and they absolutely failed to exploit it. Uh, you have Rod Marinelli after the game talking about how someone's got someone's to you know help out as far as getting pressure because all they're doing is chip into Marcus Lawrence. Someone else has to be able to get home. You got guys like Randy Gregory in the game. He recorded a goose egg mm-hmm. on the box score, box sheet. No tackles. The only time you saw him was when he punched the dude in the face and got the 15-yard penalty that gave away three free points right before half.
0: Yeah, and then that changed the uh, complexity of the game. Um, I got a law theory of lost production. There's, you guys can coin that if you want to, you know. But this is the thing. I feel that the temperament and all of the um, the enthusiasm went out of the building when Tyron Crawford, you know, hit. Uh, I guess what you call Russell
1: Wilson first per- Seattle drive,
0: yeah, you know. So it, it, it's just one of those things. Whereas the NFL new ruling, as uh, far as the uh, quarterback hitting the quarterback, we saw mm-hmm. that the we saw the, the defensive ends they play with less speed. They play thinking that if we touch this guy now. Um, and they're going to call a personal flag, you know, a personal foul or what have you. I said personal flag. Yeah. They're going to call a personal foul on that, uh, on those plays. And I saw uh, Jalen Smith, he was, he was clearly, if he would have came in at full speed, he would have had the sack, but he let up because he just didn't want to get, get fined or called uh, for a personal foul, which would truly hurt the team. I think that the NFL need to change those rulings. And I'm not saying it just because we lost. And of course, we had a personal foul. Uh, that, that was called on our player towards the latter part, but I think that that was just like one of those uh, garbage time. We're gonna do a filler call, to, you know, because the guy really just pushed Dak Prescott, and they said, "Oh, personal foul." Uh, but they gonna have to really change that ruling because I think that you know our guys were getting home, but they just didn't want to tackle the guy. They just it's like they let up because they didn't want to have those fines. They didn't want to put the team in a batter in a bad situation, basically.
1: Yeah. What I tweeted during the game uh, Uh about that was basically Tyrone's mistake was he didn't rock the quarterback to sleep gently in his arms while singing him a lullaby (laughs) and then tuck him in on the field with a nice kiss on the forehead. That's what was really lacking. And that's funny because I saw uh, today there was uh, a little bit of a viral video going around with like a a guy and his girlfriend basically enacting just that. And I was like, oh, I. (laughs) I should have coined that or should whatever. It. It's on the yeah. sport it's on the uh, Dallas Sports Fanatic Twitter account if you want to look. That is out there. <laughs> yes, indeed. My timestamp preserves it. <laughs> but uh yeah, so th- it, it's a joke how much that rules messed up and we haven't even had the worst case of it yet. Yeah, the Tyrone one was a horrible call. Horrible. But it was on the first Seattle drive and Dallas did get off the field without giving up any points. You know, we had a makeup call in that degree late in the game. They had one where we had like an 18 yard catch to Cole Beasley on that second to last drive, and then right after, like on top of that, you had another 15 yards added for a hit on Dak, which was even less egregious, I thought, than the one Tyrone had on uh, Russell Wilson. But they they threw the flag, and you know the if you want to look at someone who's really suffering from this, look at the Packers and. Clay Matthews, he's been flagged in every game, all three games, for the same thing. He's like, I literally don't know what to even do anymore. Like, I don't right. know how I am supposed to tackle because he's driving through. He's not leaving his feet. He's not hitting him high. He's not hitting him low. Hitting him with the shoulder, even trying to roll away in midair after he's seen that he's made the hit. So mm. it, it's it's a it's a mess for sure. But I don't know if it's something that'll be fixed in season because that doesn't usually happen. Could they do it? Yeah, you just got to take some of the emphasis off of it. And tell the officials to scale back a little bit.
0: But yeah. for whatever
1: reason, it's not happening right now and the whole league is in a little bit of disarray over
0: it. It's very subjective. And then on top of that, you know, we saw when um when Tavon Austin when he was running out of bounds, there's was a, clearly a horse carter and I'm like, come on with a flag. I said, add fifteen more, add fifteen more and the ref that looked at each other and said, Okay, let's go. <laughs> yep I, I was looking yeah. for that call and i'm not saying we're not trying to nitpick or be ticky tacky with it but we saw how momentum can swing a game and it all all it takes is one or two plays like that 15 yards closer to the uh you know to your side of the of the ball you know mm. you, you can actually flip the field and then on top of that you're talking about valuable reps because i really think that although we still was able to get them off the field i think one of our players went down with an injury. Um, uh, after that Tyrone Crawford, uh, quote-unquote, personal foul or what have you. Yeah. I forgot the name of the player, but I, I'll bring it up on, an, on another stream um, out there. But oh, far as the offense, I, I wanted to, to, to touch on that before it escapes my mind. Uh, would you rather have a dominant left side or would you rather have a decent left side of your offensive line? Mm. And and I got a theory with this. Uh, we know for sure Lyle Collins it. can 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 play guard. We know that he's a big massive guy. We w- we won't have to worry about his strength inside.
1: It's we think not, he can. He's <laughs> he's also had a small sample size at guard. Remember, he missed almost all of 2016 with that, mm-hmm. and then he was right tackle in 17, and now this year.
0: Right. So that's what I'm saying. So if you move Ly- Lyon Collins, Lyell Collins, Lyle Lyle Collins to the left guard, now you have. For sure, that that left side of the field is okay. At least Dak Prescott can say, okay, I can go through my progressions. I know for sure that I have more time to my left side of the of, of the field versus then that's my blind side. And you kick uh-huh. number fifty-two to the right. And now I do know that the the Dallas Cowboys to right tackle. Yeah, yeah, right tackle. Yeah. So what will happen with the Dallas Cowboys? They they're not gonna change that because it's in the middle of the season, and they say all our off season program. Dictate that you know we don't want, like, we don't, yeah. yeah, we don't want to regress in that factor as far as uh, uh number fifty-two. We want him as sure. left guard, you know. So sure,
1: but do you really want to throw Connor Williams right now to every team's best pass rusher because that's what he's going to face on the right tackle?
0: That's what I'm saying. Would you rather have a great left side of the field or would you rather have a decent? Because right now the way Lyle Collin is losing. <laughs> He's losing on the right side, whether it be a penalty, whether it be mm-hmm. a whiff on a block, or whether it be just, just flat foot, just not getting his hips out and kicking out to the right quick enough. I, yeah. think, I think just naturally with my eyes, and I'm not the greatest scout of offensive linemen play, but with my eyes, I can think that Connor is a little bit quicker than Lyell.
1: He's quicker, but he's also smaller and not as strong right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you're talking about like in the future, would that be an option? Maybe, maybe. But I doubt Dallas considers it because they're ironclad on where they see their guys. True that. And, you know, it only it only took Chris Richard coming in to finally move uh, Byron <laughs> Jones back to corner right. from safety because Dallas insisted that Byron was a good safety. He wasn't. He, he just wasn't. And he's a much better corner. He's been rated much more highly and like by pro football focus as far as he's not a lockdown corner, but he's a very competent, good technical corner in that regard. Good jam. Mm -hmm. And it's helped him out tremendously. But Dallas keeps this idea of where they see their guys. And for right now, Connor Williams on right tackle quicker or not, he would be getting whipped because we see him getting overpowered inside. It would be like that, I think, even magnified on the outside right now. Moving forward, maybe that could change, but he's got to build some size and strength to him. That's something you probably see year two, year three from him.
0: Yes, but just like, um, you know, who played right tackle his this, this rookie year? That was big number 77, Tyron Smith. He played right tackle. But, you know, it, it is what it is because I know for sure the Cowboys not going to change that, you know, like you said. Yeah. So moving forward to, like, next game, we're going to have to see the emergence of Bryce Butler. Maybe he can be that X factor, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Man, <laughs> X Factor is a strong word. It, it really is. And <laughs> it's offense, X Factor could mean anything. So I mean, we might look at that and say, hey, this guy got us an extra twenty seven yards receiving. Uh that's your X Factor. Like he had two catches to get twenty seven yards. Unless one of them's a touchdown. I don't even want to entertain that thought. Right. So I man, I don't know. I, I kind of view it as um they're just going to have to build and see what they can do because there are so many parts right now. The line will get better if they keep this core together, which they're all signed and under contract for a good while. Now they'll get better. That'll improve. That'll help the running game a little bit. But what they got to figure out is the coaching as far as who like just general, who the coaches are, what the play calls are and is Dak the right signal caller. That That's how I look at the offense. Uh, I wanted to pivot real quick, unless you had something else to say. No, no,
0: uh, no, 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 no. We can, we can pivot so and move I, around.
1: Th- this popped into my brain uh, when you were talking about kind of an intangible player and all of that. Now, we talk about guys that typically fly under the radar, right. but I wanted to sh- kind of shine a spotlight a little bit on a guy that we've been, well, less so these days, but we're pretty critical of when he was drafted. Leighton Van Der Esch had was- himself a game yesterday. Now we didn't notice it because, you know, we were getting pretty much embarrassed on national TV. But the dude had he came in for relief of Sean Lee, who left the game with eleven tackles and six of which were solo. And in Lee's case, he what do you do? He tweaked his other hamstring. Now reports are he's gonna be out for quote several weeks of action. So that's that means you're getting L V E right now and you're gonna see exactly what he can do in the in relief yesterday he had 11 tackles 10 of which were solo tackles as far as i think james posted the stat earlier uh he has like in the nfl for like his number of snaps he has like the highest percentage of solo tackles in the nfl among linebackers Mm. and in the last two games alone 61 snaps of action which were the two relief efforts of sean lee he has 18 total tackles So the dude is always around the ball. That's what they told us. It looks like he can cover. Now, there's a little bit where a couple times he kind of waited on the guy to get to him and brought him down as opposed to attacking the running back in the backfield so the running back would still get a gain of two or three yards, you know. And, you know, you want to have your guy go to the ball, but I understand he's a young player just trying to kind of stick to his assignment and do what he knows. Like, I know I can stop you if you come at me here, but if I dive at you, I'm afraid I might miss, you know, that kind of thing. But – We're going to find out how good that dude can be. And here's the thing to consider. Sean Lee, if you were to cut him next year, you save $7 million. Sean Lee is out every year for at least a few games. It seems like 2016, he could have started every game, but they held him out of the final game just to try and preserve him for the playoffs. So only one season in his career did he play all 16. Do you think with Sean Lee being 31 years old, and Van Der Esch being drafted not just as insurance for Lee, but as a future starter in place of Lee, do you see that being something Dallas needs to consider? If not from, you know, Lee might have something left in the tank, but do you consider it from the standpoint of, we just need to make sure we have our starter that we can rely on for the whole season, you know, and well, put Lee in bubble wrap?
0: Well, well, my thing is with this, when I look at uh, LVE's uh, tape, and, and it is exactly what you're saying. Explosive, fly out to the ball, got range. He's long. He's look. He looks like a, a bus out there, as far as his length. And mm-hmm. uh, no one gets behind him. He he attacks everything in front of him. And if and if he does greet somebody at a standstill, they're not getting around him because of his range. Uh, and I like that aspect of him. And he's showing right now that that he's the reason why we drafted him because of Sean Lee. Uh, I think that the Cowboys, this should be Sean Lee's last year, believe it or not. I love Sean Lee as a person. I love him out there as far as a student of the game, watches the tape and film and all these things. But to me, your best ability is availability. And by him not being out there, he's more of a detriment. Because team, we live so much on a high level when Sean Lee is out there. But when he's gone, we're sitting there saying to ourselves, oh, well, there's uh, there's the end of the road there. So now that we have LVE. LVE, LVE. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we can rest assured that the linebacking core is, is intact. You know, so we I, think so. Yeah, we, we think, think so. Well, I, I really think that the linebacker core still. Play decent, you know. And I think Kevin. They did. I think Kevin Frazier. He need to be part of the linebacking core because he's a box safety. He can't play out in space. I already said that uh, time and time again. He may think he got range, but he don't. And it's just one of those things where, before the all offseason, I said that this team need these things in order to be great on this defense. They need to have backups at defensive tackle. And we also need some insurance uh, as well as with the uh, safety play because if Sean Lee goes down, and I love Xavier Woods, but we still need some type of veteran help out there in the backfield. And we saw that. That cost us, although Dak Prescott didn't play up to par, but one can argue this fact right here. And I know we're talking about LVE, but one can argue the fact right here. If we would have had a safety that can come into the mix, that can cover out in space and range, that those two touchdowns that was caught out, out to the edges wouldn't have happened.
1: Well, one of those was on Kayvon, not on Xavier Woods. Well,
0: well, Kayvon, uh, but I'm talking about now the other one play, uh, Xavier Woods was caught in the middle yeah. looking. looking, and, uh, and one can say, okay, with experience, with experience, they would have knew who to pick up on that guy. But I'm not going to go into details of that until I watch the All-22 because I only have the broadcasting sure. view on that particular play. But outside of that, um, LVE, I think that he, he's going to be a very serviceable guy and he's not going to be one of the guys, hopefully, and I'm praying that he won't be one of the guys saying, oh, I tweaked my hammy, oh, I, oh, my left knee this time, or oh, my right ankle, you know. Those that, that
1: is the concern for me with LVE. Yeah. That was the biggest <laughs> reason we were almost in revolt when they picked him because it's not that we doubted his ability, it's that we doubted his ability to stay healthy. Right. He's a guy who played one healthy year of college, In high school, he was like, what, seven on seven because it was such a small high school he went to. Mm -hmm. So one good year of college, uh, limited experience at the high school level in that regard. And all through camp, he was hurt. It was a groin. It was an ankle. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was just any number of things. I didn't think he was even going to be on the, like, active game day roster week one against Carolina. And that was something that I was kind of, like, starting to, like, draw a lot, too, like, you know, why are we overlooking this? This should be a significant thing that our number one draft pick can't make the open can't make the game roster on opening day. And you know, it ended up being look where we are now, you know. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking at it and you're like, okay, this dude is not only we're we're banking on him so much that we're discussing, yeah, we can let we can totally let Sean Lee go in the offseason because we got L V E, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we'll see, man, because as long as Kevin Ridley going out there and it's explosive and doing all them things for the Atlanta Falcons, we're going to be really looking at ourselves like, oh, my God.
1: Something, a Sports Fury raid has started blowing up the Dallas Prospect YouTube account. Uh, looks like the Sports Fury gave us a shout out and we literally have had like 40 something and still going people commenting raid sports fury raid and so forth that's cool Absolutely. dilly dilly guys shout out to sports fury for all the extra traffic
0: yes indeed we had to bring them on aboard. The board you know i know they got yeah. some uh some some frustration that they want to give up can get, get out their uh chance in mind uh about this game too so we're gonna have to bring them on aboard the board one day
1: yeah hey uh mm-hmm. s- guys here from the sports fair how about you hit that subscribe button while you're here oh okay i see that you are thank you <laughs> yes indeed yes indeed i, I, I refresh you, the man. page and it's like oh hey that is happening what's up guys shout
0: out to y'all man um we can man do a quick... their numbers travel yeah <laughs> it's still going man <laughs> we can do a quick q and a if you want before we uh wrap everything yeah up yeah, yeah. Everything let's, let's do that um gave the video a like thank you guys Yes, indeed. Give the video a like, subscribe to the channel, and join the notification squad. Um, we do see a lot of sports theory on, on our end, too, as well. So I got over
1: here. Um, let me see. Who, what do you have over there? Because Let me pull up my questions. Uh, I'm still getting the raid bomb right now. So I, I, the comments are flying by. I can't see when I uh, can't see when it's all coming through as far as any questions.
0: All right, I have uh, Miss Jackie Smith. She said I sat and watched support where we gave out to Romo and didn't want to pay him a hundred million dollars. JJ gave it to him, and now eighty percent don't want to pay him the good money. I guess you're referring to Dak Prescott. Are you talking to Dak Prescott or are you talking about Tony Romo? She said, "Put Cooper Rush out or out there, please." I don't know. Um, I, I know we have frustration, guys. And, and, and I think that right now uh, we all want to see, um, I, I guess, a new wave out there as far as quarterback play. Um, but we're going to have to let this thing air out, man. We're going to have to see what Dak Prescott can do for the remainder of this year. That's just how it goes. I don't think that they're going to make a, a, a drastic trade or anything. What are your thoughts, DDP?
1: Man, Cooper Rush is not the guy you want to float out there. <laughs> Like, I'll I'll be real with you. Mike White maybe can be uh, a potential starter in time, yeah. But he's he's clearly the third guy out right now, so that's that's one of those things. Uh, Hey, Saban Thomas, thanks for the donation to help grow the nation, as Law would say. Yes, but yeah, uh, Cooper Rush isn't the guy. Mike White has, you know, Mike White actually has a lot more arm strength and talent. He could be the guy eventually, but he's going to take some grooming if he's going to get there. So until he gets there right now it would just be throwing him into the fire to the wolves, whatever analogy you want to use. And I think it would only hurt his development. If you did that, I don't think he's one of those guys you can throw out there to the fire and let him be right. uh, What's the word I'm looking for molded by it or sculpted by it, whatever. I think you have to just kind of look at it from a more practical sense of who you've got on your roster. And right now, Dak Prescott's the best thing you got on the roster and if the offense is unbearable and they suck, and they say, let's say they win four games this year, like totally bottoms out, that's going to be hard to watch, just like twenty fifteen was. But you know what? You'll get a nice high draft pick out of it. Mm, sure if you right. want, if you want a new quarterback, that's the way to go. That will be the way.
0: So, with that being said, you know we got a big thing coming around this uh, this weekend. Do um, you want to let people know, or
1: uh, how about how about you? Uh, lead the charge on this one. Yeah, I think you I think you got a little bit of a more clear thing. But yes. yeah, we, we've got something to announce here. Yes. Uh,
0: um, guys, y'all y'all love Cowboys, right? And how about loving to be within that experience? Uh we will we have right now this weekend at two o'clock at the Lava Cantina in Plano, we will have Bryce Butler, Jeff Heath, Cheeto Awuzier live in the flesh whereas you guys can interact with them and talk and get your autograph signed. You know, all these good things It will be out there in any event, whereas uh, you will have me, Big Game James, and also D, Dallas Prospect. Every legend was once a prospect. We'll be out there live in the flesh where you guys can, you know, talk it up. It's family friendly. It's at 2 o'clock on a Saturday at the Lava Cantina, and, and that's at Plano. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So I would like for you guys to come on out and support and enjoy the experience. Uh, we will have uh, a whole bunch of things like memorabilia for from as far as the Drew Pearson. He will be there as well as we will have Emmett Smith book signings too, as well. He got some uh, autograph signatures on on Emmitt Smith books. So I'll like to see you guys out there at the Lava Cantina in Plano.
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's, it's always cool to, to get out there and interact with, you know, every, all the viewers and everyone who watch us. But in this case, we're getting to do something a little extra special. We'll get some access to some of these players and, you know, former players, cowboy legends in this case. And it just adds a whole new exciting element to it. I mean, it it makes it feel more immersed, you know, like where you say it all the time. We're, we're not just commentating on this. Like we are huge cowboy fans in this case. So for us, this is like full immersion into you know exactly what we want to do as far as sports commentary but also getting to be fans and get to meet these guys that we you know watch on sundays or that we grew up idolizing things like that so it's really cool i'm excited
0: yes indeed so it's going to be like lights
1: out guys i really
0: like for you guys to come on out show the support uh, that's the best thing that you guys could do is just share this comment, share this information, share this uh content all together. And let's get this thing going one way or another, man. Um, in closing, uh what do you have
1: in mind far as this week, man? What do you have in mind, uh, as far as before uh, the game? For, as far as like a schedule and everything? Like what, yeah. what what do you what do you mean? Like what do I have as far as the game? Like far as the scheduling, like what's going on, like uh when are we gonna do our
0: predictions and all that stuff
1: oh uh so gotcha well Thursdays are typically when I would do it but that doesn't work great for your schedule so we can try to make a tweak maybe we do it like Friday or something like that but we'll we'll figure that part out if Thursday doesn't work for you that's usually when I do my preview and predictions and all of that ahead of time and right. then obviously like this shows Monday is my recap day uh, yeah we'll we'll take it from there yes indeed
0: man so with that being said, Thursday or maybe Friday, we're going to draw on together and do another show. Uh, where we're going to talk about the prediction, what's going to, who's going to win. And then we might also add in some extra spice this weekend on Saturday. I will see you guys out there.
1: DDP, tell them where they can find you at. You can find us on Twitter at Dallas prospect. We also have Facebook, Instagram, all that. All those are going to be just the Dallas prospect. Check us out. Check us out as far as the website, ddallasprospect.com. If you want to read my writings and my articles on the Cowboys and Mavericks, you can find them either on ddallasprospect.com or dallasportsfanatics.com. Sometimes those make it on Bleacher Report as well. Humble brag. But uh, keep an eye out for those. Law, I know that you read them and like them and all that and appreciate yeah. uh, whenever you share them. It's always awesome as well. But yeah, as far as that, if you guys just want to help us grow and support everything, we got patreon and all that as well so we're gonna keep grinding and we're gonna keep putting out the best content that we can and it feels like we got some good momentum behind us now
0: yes indeed let's get this thing going one way or another i do know that we feel like we've down and we feel like we out but we cowboy nation one way or another we all bleed silver and blue we're gonna have to win this game i think that maybe we changing everything around maybe we are at home team maybe we can get out there I want everybody to be out there 95,000 strong repping that silver and blue I said it last time we won let's do this thing one way or another this is your brother from another mother no other don't look like Danny Glover but I keep it cool with you guys and remember you all are listening in to nothing but the best salute we out yeah very nice very nice this thing going, man. It's gonna be live, man. Lava Cantina, Plano, all day <laughs> at two o'clock. See y'all there, man. Be there or be square. <laughs>